Hey everybody, welcome to episode 35 here in What About Therapy. I'm Enoch Fossum, I'm a certified mindfulness life coach. And I'm Austin Ivey, and I'm certified in the basics of acceptance and family therapy, and we're both going to school to be marriage and family therapists here in Utah. And today, we're going to be talking about drainage in a marriage, and how to fix that drainage with love, the acronym True Love. True Love. So let's get right into it. Let's do it. All right, welcome back to another episode of What About Therapy. Today it's episode thirty-five. Yeah, another it, it, we're hauling another big milestone. We're it's going pretty quick. Factors of five here, but <laughs> as you heard in the intro, given by yours truly, we're going to be talking about <laughs> drain. Drain is an acronym. Yeah, it's this isn't a plumbing <laughs> podcast now. We promise it's still a therapy podcast sponsored by plumbers. <laughs> sponsored by Plum Perfect. That's my father-in-law's <laughs> plumbing company oh, <laughs> so if you're listening to this doug we're sponsored by you if you if, if you like it or not <laughs> i can say that because we're related oh my gosh. but yeah so we're going to talk about drainage or drain not drainage drain which is an acronym which we'll go over and how to fix drain with love which is also an acronym it sounds really cheesy but i promise you if you just just hear us out it really is fire you're going to come away with something amazing that will really help your relationship no matter where you're at yeah and honestly even if you're not in a relationship this is going to benefit you it doesn't have to be an intimate relationship i think we i think most people could benefit from marriage advice quote-unquote marriage advice yeah for friendships with relationships with your parents with relationships with like your manager and things like that like you can you can change it to fit your situation the things we're going to be talking about today you can fit to your specific situation, if you weren't married or have a girlfriend or boyfriend or a fiance, make it work for you because it will benefit you, especially with your communication and your just your overall relationship capabilities. Yeah. And in the dating world, these are going to be things that you can woo your partner <laughs> oh, or yeah. the date that you're with. So if you can master love, then you'll be pretty solid in life. Never have a problem with drains. <laughs> Never. So this comes from the book Act With Love by Russ Harris. I finished this last week. And if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see I rated it an 11 out of 10. I'm doing a thing where I read a book a week and I rate it and just kind of having fun. But 11 out of 10, it's seriously one of the best books as far as like therapy goes, as far as relationships go. It's just straight fire. It really is. Shout out to Russ Harris. You are the man. He is so cool. Like, he's kind of our, we kind of fangirl over him. Yeah, we, we talked for like 30 <laughs> minutes before we started recording the podcast, was getting it ready, and we we fanboyed, fangirled over him, like, probably at least yeah. three or four times yeah. in a span of like 10 minutes. He's great. awesome. He is so cool. He's a really smart guy. And he has great thoughts. Very blunt, very in- intuitive with his, uh, he understands what is the real problem with a lot of people, which I think is... Yeah really helpful for me. I feel like he understands what I'm going through and his books come off that way that he understands what real people deal with. Yeah. And it's, it's solid stuff. Yep. It's great. So I'll link the description to the book below. If you want to read it, you can go ahead and read it, get a sample, try it out. I mean, it's free. The sample's free anyway. It'll give you like 20 pages or something like that. And you can just kind of see what it tastes like, kind of feel the fire, man. It's awesome. So we're going to jump into drain here, because first we need to understand the problem that we need to apply love to. 
And so here we go. Drain. D-R-A-I-N. The D stands for disconnection. And I'm sure all of you, every single one of you, has disconnected from one human being at least once in your life. And first here, I want to talk, I want to read a quote here from the book. So all the quotes, again, are going to be from Act With Love. So Russ Harris says this, The word connection comes from the Latin terms com, meaning together, and nectere, nectere, something like that, nectere, nectere, meaning to bind. Thus, when we connect with someone, it's as if something binds us together, unites us in some special way. When we connect with someone, we are psychologically present. In other words, we are right here with them, in this moment, fully engaged. And now, just apply the opposite of that to disconnection, when you're not engaged with someone, when you're not present with someone. And this is something that I catch myself doing quite a bit, actually, in my relationship, is I'm not fully engaged with my wife when she's talking to me, or when we're on a date, when we're hanging out, whatever it is, I'm either on my phone, thinking of something else, or whatever it is, um, I'm, I'm just not fully present all the time. And it takes practice. Mm-hmm. It's tough, but you can see how this can drain your relationship when you're, you don't spend time to actually connect. Yeah, I, I have the same problem, too. And it, it comes in mainly harmless things, too, like you were saying. Right, yeah. And it can go both ways, too, like when you're spending a moment together on a date at dinner when it's supposed to be marriage time, that you're nurturing your marriage. Both can be on your phones or distracted by other things or conversing with each other, but not really connecting. Yeah. Because you can be having a conversation with someone and not truly connecting. And I think that happens a lot in marriages. It happens to me all the time. It's because it's natural. It's normal. And like Enoch said, it can drain your relationship without you even knowing it. It can be like a... Like if anyone fly fishes listening to this podcast or has ever fished and worn waders, even the smallest little hole can fill, like in your waders, if you're wading in water and you have a teeny little hole and you're walking through the water, that tiny hole can seep water into your waders and you get really cold and the legs start to get super heavy. Has that happened to you before? Hasn't happened to me. Well, it kind of did, but I caught the, I saw the hole. It was actually pretty big because my hook, like I was casting and it hooked onto my like where my knee was and I pulled uh-huh. it and it ripped a hole in it. So it was a pretty big hole and I didn't notice it until my legs started to get really cold. I was like, what's going on? Look down, there's this huge hole and there's Oof. air, like bubbles coming out of it because like <laughs> the air is squeezing out. Yeah. And it caused a problem for me. I had to I had to go home and stop fishing. You used love. I used to <laughs> fix the hole. Yeah, it was an epoxy glue for me. <laughs> but yeah, no, it can cause a lot of issues, but it's a little tiny hole causing this huge issue and I think natural under the radar disconnection with like phones and not paying attention to each other can be that and it's 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 a mindfulness thing being aware of when you're not truly connecting because like Enoch said it can be a slow and steady drain on your relationship so the R now in drain so first one is disconnection the R is reactivity and so another quote from the book it says the more you the more reactive you are as a partner the more you are likely to act in self-defeating ways that suffocate your relationship rather than breathing life into it. And I'm going to read that again because honestly, it's one of the best quotes we found. So here we go again. The more reactive you are as a partner, the more you are likely to act in self-defeating ways that suffocate your relationship rather than breathing life into it. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be kind of the uh, 
top the topic or the theme of the day that a lot of this is based off of mindfulness, being aware of yeah. your relationship and the things going on and the things you're doing to cause problems in the relationship. And this is one that you have to be very aware of what you're doing to cause problems. And for instance, thinking about a reactive situation, if your significant other or person your relationship with comes to you with something that is truly bothering them, let's say that something simple, like you're just not doing the dishes when they say, when they ask you to do the dishes, Mm -hmm. you're just sharing chores around the house and she, she or he gives you or asked you politely, can you do the dishes and then you don't do them? She gets mad at you, rightfully so. He or she gets mad at you, rightfully so. And you react in a way that suffocates the relationship. And that could look at, that could be like blaming or... Let's role play. Yeah, let's I do didn't it. do the dishes. You told me to. Why didn't you do the dishes? I asked you to do it. I'm busy. I told you, stuff came up. Why do you always have to... Blame me for not doing things around the house. I try, but I'm busy. I'm just going to leave right there. That's perfect. That's like <laughs> exactly what it could look like right that's, there. That that's reacting. You go straight into your little bunker and you start throwing bombs back and forth. And yeah. that gets you to do this, this match where you're both defending yourself and your side. And that was actually a really good example. You started coming up with all these different excuses. And so that's reactivity. And that, that like how I like the word that it uses, suffocation. It really suffocates yeah. the relationship when you start hurling reactivity grenades at each other. Yeah, rather than breathing life into it instead of responding. I'm sure some of you have heard the difference between reacting and responding. Reacting is that instant natural instinct of defending yourself, going into your bunker, and responding is taking time to breathe, be mindful, think of the situation and how you want to actually uh, respond to the situation. Let's role play this now. What does responding look like? I ask you. Why didn't you do the dishes like I asked? Ah, honey, babe. (laughs) I, I totally forgot. I'm really sorry. I'll do them right now. I'll stop what I'm doing and I'll, I'll do them and I'll try to do better. So thanks for at least reminding me. Yeah. You're welcome, babe. (laughs) No, that's, that's That's great. That's perfect because it just shows that, um, you, you admit that there was a problem and that you, yeah you made a mistake but it wasn't the there wasn't any grenades thrown there wasn't a war being started yeah we're invading each other's territory and hurling insults it was a respectful i didn't do this like you asked i like you asked me to and i'm gonna fix it right now it's it's really um responsibility and maturity yeah but and a lot of these things i think are really easier said than done yeah because some of you may have heard this for the 50th time you know some of these things some of these things we talk about and yet you still struggle with them because that's normal. These things are really hard to apply, but they are really easy to learn about, to know, to know how to do it. Just doing them is really tough. Yeah. So that was our reactivity, being reactive. A is avoidance. Here's a quote. The more importance we place on avoiding unpleasant feelings in life, the more our life tends to go downhill. And Russ Harris says there's a plethora of studies that prove this to be true. He says the higher levels of experiential avoidance, the technical term for trying to avoid or get rid of unpleasant feelings, are directly linked to an increased risk of depression, anxiety, stress, addiction, and a wide variety of other health issues. And I think that's something that's really interesting. And when we try to avoid these feelings that we are, these unpleasant feelings, Mm -hmm. the more we put energy into avoiding them, the more they 
up here and come into our lives. Really good example from, so Russ Harris has a different book called The Happiness Trap. Really good book. I'd highly recommend it as well. Um, But he talks, he gives an example of, I don't know any, I'm sure most of you have been to a pool and used a, either like a floaty or like something to like float on or even like had a ball. And he gives the example if you were to grab a ball, oops, sorry, I hit the mic there. Um, if you have a ball and you try to shove it under the water, under the surface, like you, let's say you're trying to shove a problem underneath the surface and avoid a problem. Like you have an issue, you're just trying to avoid it. Shove the ball underneath the surface. The more you try to put it under the surface, the more it struggles to come back up. Mm. And the further you push it down, the more effort you have to put into keeping it down. Anything that's buoyant that wants to come up to the surface. And when you let go, it shoots out of the water in really dramatic fashion. Yeah. More like more dramatically and more so if you were to just let it just sit there on the surface and let it be there. So the more we struggle to keep things under the surface, the more potential we give them to explode in our faces. And that's kind of the analogy that he makes. So if you've ever been in a pool, you know what that's like when you try to keep things under the surface. It's a, you're never going to win that battle. It's always going to come back up more dramatically than when it was in the first place. So think of that in terms of this avoidance. If you're avoiding things in your relationship, the more you avoid it, the more powerful it becomes underneath the surface. Yeah. Awesome. Love that analogy. Uh, here's another quote about avoidance. If you want your relationship to grow and thrive, you will need to enter fully into many challenging situations and make room for the difficult things they bring. If you always avoid these situations, your relationship is doomed to stagnation. Or in other words, no growth. It's just going to stay where it's at and even go downhill from there. And I think that's beautiful. I think avoidance is natural because we don't want to get hurt. Mm-hmm. Our brain's just trying to protect us, right? Yeah. We've talked about that several times. But that's not where growth comes from. We, you hear the classic kind of cheesy quote that uh, you like growth isn't comfortable there's no comfort in the growth zone no comfort in the growth zone you know and uh that's that's totally true and that's very true with relationships if something doesn't come natural to you like giving compliments or something or whatever it is in a relationship it can make you feel uncomfortable and you want to avoid it because it's uncomfortable because your brain's like yo hey let's stop this is gonna kill me this is gonna kill me (laughs) i'm feeling weird let's just go to our bunker and maybe throw a grenade that says I love you on it, you know? (laughs) Yeah, like we'll do this really passive-aggressive thing to make it go away. Yeah, something like that. But we need to really step into those situations. And I love how Russ Harris is big. Really, ACT is really big on making room for uncomfortable feelings. How you don't try and avoid them. You simply make room for them. You notice them. And you go about your day. You go about living your values. That's that's something we're going to talk about here, here in a minute. But... I love how he says your relationship is really doomed to stagnation if you do avoid these uncomfortable situations. And every single couple, every single human being has uncomfortable situations, things that make them feel uncomfortable, and they try to avoid them. And that's where simply, that's where growth does not happen. That's where we're stagnant, and we just start to go downhill from there if we stay there long enough. Yeah, and stagma- like stagnation, like a flat plateau in your relationship might as well be a downhill trend. The stagnation yeah. and downhill are yep. basically the same thing because for a relationship to thrive and to be meaningful, it needs to always be progressively moving upwards, even in small bits and pieces. But 
stagnation should never be the goal. And so that's why, right. um, that, that's why it's, it talks about that in the quote that you need to always be working towards things that you may seem as uncomfortable, but will ultimately is what you need. Yes. Yep. yep. Which takes us into our next part of the acronym. So we've done disconnection, reactivity, avoidance, and now we're on to I, which is inside your mind. I'm sure most people have heard the saying, I'm inside my head or I'm inside my thoughts. I'm stuck in my thoughts. Um, just a little quote from the book. It says, when you're inside your mind, you're disconnected and reactive simultaneously. And in a lot of the act acceptance and commitment therapy books and trainings and anything you'll ever hear, um, the whole idea is based around this thing that we have this in our brain called, some people call it the dictator or the, mm -hmm. what's some other things that other books call it? Like the dictator. The judge. The judge. The, yeah. In some books we'll say to give Judge, a name. jury, and executioner. Yeah. All three. Yeah, it's everything that might push towards you, like negative thoughts, untrue thoughts. It's a it's a necessary part of our brain that we need. Storyteller. Yeah, Sorry. storyteller is a good one too. Yeah, it tells us these stories. And so when we're inside of our mind, we're listening to the storyteller and believing everything that they say. We're mm -hmm. abiding by everything that the dictator tells us is is true, even though it's not. We um, we believe everything the judge is telling us and we're completely one of the words that one of the books uses on act is called we're fused to our thoughts we're mm -hmm. we're attached to the hip to every single thought our brain pushes at us even if it's completely untrue like i am an idiot because i missed one question on my math test that's something a dictator has told me before or the the storyteller has told me that i'm going to fail math i'm not going to finish my degree because i missed this one or two questions on my exam I believe it, I become fused to it, and now I'm super disconnected and really reactive simultaneously. Hopefully that makes sense. But that's kind of what happens when we're so attached to the things that the storyteller is telling us in, in a relationship, when we're constantly thinking about the thought, or I guess getting attached to the thoughts that are coming from the storyteller, we're going to be very disconnected, which is one of the first things that causes a drain in a relationship. We're going to be extremely disconnected because we're not present to what's really going on, we're only attached to what is happening inside of our mind. Yeah, and you can see how all these really add on top of each other and play off each other. Because when you're inside your mind, you're not present. You're disconnected. You are reactive because you're not being mindful of what is being said, what's happening. And then you'll tend to avoid the feelings because that's, for most people, is natural. Mm -hmm. That's the natural thing to do. And then you just go inside your mind again. It's that negative feedback loop that we talk about in probably almost every episode. Yeah. You know? So we need to really learn to be present and really t start to understand or what's called cognitive diffusion, diffusing from those thoughts. I feel like we've talked about that before. We have talked about it in one of the ACT episodes. And yeah. I can't remember what episode it is, but if you find it in the episode list, there's two episodes on ACT. I believe it's the second one where we talk about cognitive diffusion. It's, I think it's called act and action. We mm. talk a lot about yeah, cognitive yeah. diffusion in that episode. Yeah, so we diffuse from our thoughts, and there are different tools that we can do with that, and essentially it's just being mindful. It's being aware of what the dictator or what the storyteller is telling you and diffusing yourself from those thoughts by either doing like a little mindfulness exercise, by focusing on your breath. Just little things like that can diffuse you from those thoughts that 
your brain likes to make you think are true. And you can see how... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, as I say, allowing them to exist without um, becoming attached to them or believing them. Because like we said, with like the ball in the pool, you want to allow that ball to exist without trying to push it away or avoid it. But at the same time, managing it correctly. Yeah. So that's what like diffusion is all about. It's not just pretending that things don't exist. It's managing thoughts correctly. Yeah. So just let it be. And you can see in a relationship that's going to be really bad or really unhelpful, I should say. Mm-hmm. And because when, I don't know about you, I'm sure if you're in a relationship, you've had this happen before. And if you're not, this will happen. Your brain likes to make assumptions. It likes to write stories, likes to understand things. And when it does this, most of the time, a lot of the time, the assumptions are just wrong. Like if your partner doesn't come and give you a hug when you go home from work, you think, oh my gosh. They want a divorce. They want to, yeah, they hate me. I, what they, did I do wrong? They're not happy to see me. What did I do wrong? And your brain just instantly goes to that assumption. And then the storyteller plays off of it and just goes down all these millions of different rabbit holes. And then you get stuck inside your mind. And then if your partner comes and talks to you, you're reactive. You know, you don't tend to think because you're inside your mind. You're not being mindful and not being present. And so you can see how that can be the real issue in a relationship. So that's the I inside your mind. Now, the last one here is neglecting values. Here's a quote. Values are your heart's deepest desires for what you want to do and what you want to stand for during your brief time upon this planet. So that's what a value is. And if you haven't spent time to think about your values, we would challenge you to do that. Think about your values. Think about what you want to do, what you want to stand for while you're here on this earth. I'm reading Man's Search for Happiness right now. And, um, sorry, Man's Search for Meaning. Yeah. That one. Not the happiness trap. That's combined. Man's Search for Happiness. That'd be a good combo book, though. But Man's Search for Meaning. And essentially, meaning is our values. Understanding your values. Understanding what you want to do, be, accomplish here on earth. And if that, if you haven't thought about those before, we would challenge you to just take five minutes and think about some of those things kind of get you thinking about those. But when we tend to neglect those, that's where things get uh, become unhelpful and unworkable. So here's a quote from Russ Harris again. When I ask my clients to connect with their values and tell me the sort of partner they'd ideally like to be, they often come up, up with words such as loving, kind, caring, generous, compassionate, supportive, fun-loving, easygoing, sensual, affectionate, and so on. In contrast, here's a list of words that never come up. Aggressive, hostile, sulky, nagging, moody, argumentative, untrustworthy, manipulative, lying, threatening, cold, punitive, or distant. And he goes on to say, ask yourself this question when things start to go wrong, in quotation marks, in your relationship. So when they start to go wrong in your relationship and you start getting upset with your partner, which of these two lists has words that describe your behavior? For most people, it's the second never-come-up list. If you're not careful, as soon as you get upset, your values go out the window. And instead of being the partner you want to be, you disconnect, go into reactive mode, and get trapped inside your mind. And he just sums it all up for as far as drain goes there perfectly, where when you neglect your values, 
you just kind of everything just falls apart really yeah yeah it's, it's like with everything too when we and again this you can apply this to any mental health problem you struggle with or really any issue you have when it comes to avoidance or anxiety disorder it doesn't matter when you throw your values out the window to believe or listen to the dictator or to avoid negative feelings or unwanted feelings when you throw them out the window that's when life really starts to to suck because we've said this before there's a great quote in the happiness trap that the and we've said this a while ago like in a few episodes before but basically is that there's nothing inherently wrong with anxiety disorders or mental disorders in general it's our what's really wrong with them is the way we react to them mm-hmm. and that's typically because mm-hmm. we throw our values at the window in order to avoid them or to quote unquote treat them or to not feel them i guess and it's the same thing yeah. with relationships when we when things start to go wrong again in quotations we the first thing that go out the window is you typically our values the things that we care about most because we want to protect our ego and we want to um win arguments mm-hmm. and we want to avoid taking responsibility for things that me you might have done wrong and to do so you have to throw your values at the window at least the values that matter like caring and um, compassion and being supportive in your relationship and those are things we're going to talk about right now exactly it's going right into the love acronym l-o-v-e and the first letter is of course l and that stands for letting go and that is a very broad topic it we could talk about this. We can have a whole episode on letting go. Um, another good word for this would be acceptance. Letting go and accepting the things that are there that you might not want to let go of and accept. And this means anything from letting go of your ego, letting go of your defense mechanisms, letting go of the desire to avoid negative feelings and thoughts. It means letting go of the things that you think you have on your partner like a leg up on them or like something you could blackmail them with, letting go of that, letting go of really anything that's going to throw your values out the window and put your relationship on the back burner and accepting the things that are going to make your relationship and take it into the proper direction. Yeah. Letting go of what the storyteller is trying to tell you, even if it's true. Now we've said this before. We even put it on our little Instagram we quoted it. It's a Russ Harris quote. It's a Russ Harris quote. He talks about how it's, it doesn't matter if something is true or false. All what really matters is if it's helpful or if it's not. And so even if something is true, think to yourself, okay, is this helpful if I bring this up in a relationship? Or is it what's called workable? Will it help the relationship grow and thrive? And if not, even if it's true, it's not worth it. It's not worth to bring up. It's not worth to, to, to talk about. It's just like, don't mention it. If you've got nothing nice to say, don't say it at all. And that's kind of that. That's the underpinning of L. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's a direct uh, counter to inside your mind. And all these, so love, you'll be able to counteract every single acronym we just, or every single thing we just talked about in Drain with love. So O is opening up. Imagine that. So here's a here's a quote by Russ Harris again. When we're in a lot of pain, we tend to shut down. We close off from our partner. We erect a thick barrier for self-protection. But this is just another form of avoidance. Straight fire. 
that wasn't part of the quote, but <laughs> yeah, that's my quote. Straight fire, Russ Harris. So you can see how that can be an issue, how that can be not workable, how that's unhelpful when we close off, we put up a barrier. And what's interesting is he says we put up a barrier of self-protection, right? We're protecting ourselves. It's natural. We don't want to get hurt. But this is just another form of avoidance. And in the long run, even though we naturally do this for self-protection, it will harm you. It's not going to protect you. And I just think it's really interesting, that paradox there, that your mind is just, it's just so silly sometimes how it's like, man, I'm going to protect you. Put that wall up. Go in your room. Don't talk to her. You're going to be okay. And sure, maybe for a little bit, you'll feel fine. But do that over and over and over again. You're going to find yourself in a sticky situation and you'll ask yourself, huh, how did I get here? Oh, I was trying self-protection by putting up a thick barrier. Mm -hmm. Like that's, it's just not going to work. It's not workable in the long run. And yeah. so you need to learn to open up. And again, that's hard, really hard. It's not a default setting for humans to yeah. open. Because it's vulnerable. It puts yourself in a situation where you can get hurt and you can you know, get emotionally scarred and you're putting yourself out there. And especially if you've done that in the past, you put yourself out there and it didn't go right, then you're going to be even more reluctant to do it again. And that's a very common thing in relationships where you bring your past relationships, your past things that you've struggled with, your experiences. And a lot of the times we all have very negative experiences from opening up you know, through your teenage years. Yeah. You put yourself out there and you get shut down. And so when you hop into a relationship, the barriers are even thicker and you like to put them up to protect you from those yeah. harmful situations. Yeah, I like to think of the analogy, like, not the analogy, but I guess a, a parallel, I guess, if you think about how animals, when they trust someone, they'll like turn on their back and show their belly, like with cats and mm, dogs, yeah. like, yeah. Here, my belly, this is the most vulnerable, vulnerable, vulnerable part of me. It takes a lot of trust and things like that. And yeah. when we open up to our problems emotionally and communicate with words, that's like the, I guess the equivalent of turning on your back and exposing your weak spot. And our brains like to connect emotions and physical, the real with the thoughts, and it makes them the same thing. And so when we go to open up emotionally, our brain thinks, oh, we're opening up our soft spots. We could die. Mm. Likes yeah. to make those connections yep. that if we are going to open up emotionally, that we're literally going to die because that's our brain's job is to keep us alive. And it equates um, opening up as showing your soft spot physically and like yeah. physically making yourself vulnerable. It's the same thing to our brains theoretically i guess that's yeah. what like yeah. that's how act is based off of is that our brain is a a computer that's meant to keep us alive and that's the only goal and so it's going to be really crazy and irrational because it just wants to keep us alive at all costs doesn't so, really know the difference between physical and and like, emotional yeah and, and mental psychological and it's going to treat them the same and so yeah. we our yeah. tactics are the same for keeping us safe going into a room and closing ourselves off so we can't, so we're away from the danger, even if that danger is just an uncomfortable conversation. Yeah. And so if you feel like you have this issue where you just stonewall and isolate, I have this problem myself, it's because it's a natural default setting as humans to stay alive. And so it doesn't give you an excuse to make it okay, but that's why. It's very natural, very normal. And yeah, so I don't, I just want you to feel bad. I don't want you to feel bad if that's the reason right, why, because yeah. it's, the, it's the default setting for human beings to be that way. But opening Absolutely. up 
it's it's you have to learn how to do it there's no way around it you can't it's not workable to yeah. just isolate yourself for the rest of your life you're gonna be very unhappy and have no meaning in your life and you're gonna have a lot of arguments with your spouse if all you do is run off into your bedroom slam the door behind you and close yourself off you need to stay there as may as comfortable as it can be if something comes up like an argument or an uncomfortable conversation if something comes up you just have to stay there and work through it open yeah. up yeah let go and the next acronym the v turn towards your values great quote from the book again um to focus on three core values specifically that play a major role in healthy relationships which is caring contribution and connection and so when we say values and turning towards your values in a relationship um way i had to clarify this with enoch before but it's not um turning towards your values as a couple like let's say you really like running it's not oh let's just go running together because that's if we have a, a value of fitness it's not that it's having a value turning towards your values of the way you treat your spouse and so that's why we bring up caring contribution and connection so let's say you are having an uncomfortable conversation about something that's bothering your relationship make sure to always be fulfilling and turning towards your values in that conversation to make sure mm -hmm. you're caring that you're doing your part by contributing and truly connecting because when you throw your values at the window, like we said before, that starts the drain and it, it's a, it's going to start other problems too when you let go of your values. So yeah, valuing huge step in stopping the drain. And when next time you get into an argument or a rough conversation with anyone, I want you to think about these three things, caring, contribution, and connection. And I promise you, your responses and the way you react and the way you handle that conversation will be much different than if you don't have these values in mind and if you aren't working towards them or if you aren't what's called valuing, which means acting on those values instead of just having them, you act on them. And so valuing those during a conversation, it will, I mean, go in a direction that you never thought it would because of the way it felt which is uncomfortable, which is weird or like, I don't want to be here, you know, but just think about these things, the three C's, caring, contribution, and connection. And you can have your own word for it. I mean, you, if you have a value that's like that, you can use that as well. But this is simply a little template for you that you can focus on, that you can think about when you have just any conversation really. And that conversation will be, will go a lot better than if you neglect your values and if you are inside your mind or you're being reactive, when you are valuing, it counteracts all those really because you're being mindful of the conversation, you're being mindful of what's going on, what kind of thoughts you're having. And regardless of the thoughts, regardless of the situation, if you work towards those values, if you are valuing, caring, contribution, and connection, then it doesn't matter what you're feeling or thinking because that you will handle that conversation much, I don't want to say easier, but a bit better and you'll respond in better ways. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And um, the, the most important thing is that you just understand what your values truly are because it, it might take a different form. It might be different things that are most important in your relationship, but to understand them and to never betray them. That's really the most important, the most important thing. And there's really great online quizzes too, that you can turn to. Stephen Hayes has one, Russ Harris. If you just like a values quiz and then like act the acronym act, you can help understand what your values are. 
as a couple and as an individual. And so understanding them and then just making sure not to betray them. Don't throw them out the window when things get uncomfortable. That's really the the underpinning, the foundation of, of the V, the valuing. That's, yeah. that's the most important thing to understand from that. Yep. Beautiful. The last one, E, is engaging. And this one really struck me. I mean, like we talked about at the beginning of the episode, how we tend to be like we, uh, we're disconnected, right? And just like Russ Harris says, connection means to bind together. So you're literally creating a, you're binding with that person that you're connecting with and engaging with as well. And so when we talk about mindfulness, or when you think about being mindful, what do you think about? You think about paying full attention to either like your breath, your thoughts, your you know, the atmosphere around you, what you hear, smell, see, taste, whatever it is, you give your full attention to it. And the same thing goes for your partner or if you're having a conversation with anyone. Like think of a situation or a time when you were talking with someone that you really admired and you thought they were really cool. If it was a celebrity or whoever it was, like if we met Russ Harris or some of these therapy legends, <laughs> then we would want to give them our full attention. We want to engage with them. And how would you feel or how have you felt in the past if, when that person has fully engaged with you and felt like you were the only person in the room or you were the only person in the world that they would like to listen to and talk with? It makes you feel really good, right? But on the other hand, if you've had a situation where you're talking with someone who you really like, who's really cool, they don't engage with you, they're not very, they're disconnected, then it makes you feel bad. Yeah. You know, you, you don't want to be there anymore. And it kind of ruins the mood, ruins the circumstance. And you lose a little respect if it's someone that you respect a lot. And yeah. Like if it is a celebrity or a hero, whatever it is, a role model, you lose a little bit of respect in that. The power of that relationship Yeah. dwindles a little bit. Yeah. So when you engage with your partner or anyone, it's just simply turning towards them and acting like you have blinders on them. Like have you seen those horses? They have like horses and hawks and stuff like that. They have little blinders mm -hmm. on them, you know, so they can't see... In the peripherals. I want to see what's ahead of them. I want to see what's ahead of them. And so in a sense, put your blinders on and turn towards them and only focus on them, engage with them. Russ Harris talks a lot about how just look at them as if you've never seen them before in your life. Look at the, the wrinkles on their forehead, the wrinkles or like how their mouth moves and the wrinkles that creates or the way they blink or whatever it is, fully engage with that person and create a connection. And when you do so, you will literally bind together, I guess not physically, but emotionally and mentally. And you will create this strong bond. And doing this over and over and over again will create a really strong uh, relationship, a really s strong sense of connection and love, like what the acronym is all about, baby. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's nothing more beautiful than... Like just two humans, it's it's really unique that humans can do this, that we can connect and engage the way that we can. Like you don't see two dogs having a conversation. Maybe right. they do. I don't know. I don't speak dog. Maybe they do. Yeah, I don't understand. But yeah, maybe. I don't speak <laughs> bark. Yeah. But that's the thing that sets humans apart. What really makes us so interesting, so unique, and so complex is that we can connect with another person and have this deep, emotional, abiding connection just by the way that we communicate with each other. It's such a beautiful yeah. thing. And on the flip side, the amount of animosity, pain, and 
mental health struggles that can come from a lack of that in a relationship that yeah. matters to you. Yeah. It's it's so unique to the human experience. Um, it's such a dichotomy. But if you can apply this acronym of love to those problems that come from DRAIN, that acronym, you can find a truly healthy, happy, and meaningful relationship in any aspect of life with your parents, a spouse, a child even. I think that could be perfectly applied to a child in a parenting situation. Um, these things can take you to a very value-based life because if you're trying to live a value-based life outside your relationships, it needs to also be inside of your relationships. And these things can help you do that. We've talked a lot about how powerful a value-based life can be. And so by applying these things, this love to stop the drain can take you relationships to greater heights. To the next level. Heights. Yeah. Yeah. And if, if throughout this episode, if you've thought, oh man, I deal with every single one of those things that drain my relationship. It's okay. Welcome to the club. <laughs> I do too. We all do. Like we've said several times, it's it's natural. It's normal. And no matter how many times you practice love, as you act as you act on love, you're never going to be perfect. That's just the the truth of it. Like practice makes perfect. That's not true. I'm sorry. That's what Russ Harris says in his book as well. It's just not true, especially when it comes to relationships. We're human. There's so many things that go on on a day-to-day basis within your body, with your experiences, and things that can just really irritate us or make us respond in a way that we regret later on. But that's not the point. Kind of side note here, John Gottman did a study at the Gottman, Gottman Institute. He's done thousands of studies on relationships. Leading researcher in, in marriage and relationships yeah, in what, the world. what makes yeah. things work. And he said... He's come to find that it's not a matter of how many times a couple fights that uh, like increases the chance of divorce. Mm -hmm. It's a matter of how they fight. So if it's because you can argue in a very constructive and healthy way. A lot of things can get done from a good argument. Yeah, Yeah, and you can argue in a very unhealthy way. And so it's how you do it that really matters, not how many times you do it. And so if you keep love in mind, keep this acronym, letting go, opening up, valuing, and engaging in mind when you just go through life, when you experience relationships, when you experience connection with other people, then you will start to see a difference, number one, in yourself and in your relationships. And they'll start to go... Onwards and upwards, my friend, instead of downwards and down. <laughs> down and down. I mean, that's it's gonna. Yeah. It's a downward trend. Yeah, it's it's gonna take you to a dark place in your relationship, and it'll take you to divorce probably. Like that's yeah. that's the the underpinnings of divorce are the things in drain. It's yeah, like things like infidelity and cheating and financial issues and abuse. Very common problems, but those things are probably led up to by the things found in DRAIN and can be prevented by the things found in the love acronym. So by applying them, you can avoid the biggest calamities that usually beset marriages like infidelity and abuse. If it's under, if it's built on the foundations of the things we talked about today in the love acronym, you won't, you more than likely will avoid the tragic things that can fall into a marriage that are the really dramatic things that you see happen as a result of a bad marriage so yeah so remember love is not a feeling that's not love you're feeling those are chemicals love is an action 
And as you can see in this acronym, those are all things that you can do. You have control over those. And so take control of your love life. Take control of your life by acting on love and stop those drain drainages. Stop the drains. Stop the leaks. Stop the leaks, man. Fill it with love. Fill it with love. Call Dr. Dr. Love. <laughs> plumber love. There we go. <laughs> you are plumber. You all can be a plumber in your marriage. If you've listened to this episode, you just finished the training to be a plumber in your relationship. In your marriage. If you've made it this far, you're a certified plumber. We'll send, if you really want one, we'll send you a PDF of <laughs> a certified love plumber. <laughs> there we go. You're all yeah. certified love yep. plumbers now. Yep. I hope you learned something new. <laughs> and really, do your best to apply these, and you'll start to see difference. It, it does take practice, and you're not going to be perfect but apply these. You'll see difference. And let us know how it goes. Honestly, leave a comment down below. Leave a review. Hit us up on DMs and Instagram. Yeah. Love to hear a story. Yep. Love to hear a story. We might even read it if you're okay with that. Yeah. But thanks you, Thanks so much for listening. This was a little bit longer of an episode, but unnecessary one, I think. Very important conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And as always, taking us out is the one and only, the great the talented, the amazing Danny D. Thanks for listening. Have a good week. What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? Yeah. What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? Yeah. What about, what about therapy? What about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? Yeah.